What is going on, guys? Robbie here from the Big Red Express. Hope you're doing well, doing fantastic. Myself, it's a new week. It is Thanksgiving week. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving when this episode will be released on Wednesday. And I hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. I am doing well, staying safe myself. It has been a crazy, crazy six months. And I just want to say I am thankful for all of you. This is a week where we say we are thankful for things and what we are thankful for. I am thankful for you, the listeners. I am thankful to my, for my health. I'm thankful for my wife, my family, and everybody that has stayed safe around me. I have known some people that have had coronavirus, and it's been scary. It's not an easy thing to go through, but I hope all of you and your families are staying safe during this entire period. Today, during the Big Red Express, we are going to be talking about the sanctionals or the partnered events, whatever they're going to be called, moving forward for the 2021 season. Again, so much is up in the air. We know a little bit. We're going to be mentioning Tommy Marquez's article in the morning chalk up, so you guys can uh, we'll have that in the description below. If you are curious about anything we talk about, that's a kind of a good reference uh, to figure out what we're going to be talking about today. And that's really the biggest thing and the biggest story that I can think of going into the 2021 season, especially because the Open is back where it started back in February. So a lot of people are kind of be kind of up in the air. I know, to be honest, it's going to be interesting to see how sanctionals work this year or partnered events, I guess they're called. And that's what that I'm curious about and I this is how I see them going down I don't that's what we're going to talk about we're you know I'm not going to jump into it right now but I think that by the end of this I'll have a better uh, explanation of of my thoughts and just the way the world is going right now we are in the middle of a global pandemic so not a lot of people are going to be traveling I know we are right now currently in kind of like that second wave, so things are starting to get worse and worse. COVID cases are starting to to rise on the daily, and it's a scary thing, and I honestly think that could be a huge factor and a huge determination of what's going to happen in 2021 for the CrossFit game season. Right now, we're not sure what's going to happen. We don't know if these events are going to be live and in person. We don't know if these events are going to be online. We don't know really the focus of these events and what happens, like why moving the Open to back to February and March and April, why that's such a big deal. And that's the questions that I want to know. That's the questions that I think we're going to try to talk about in this episode of the Big Red Express and while we're doing that, you guys can go follow us on social media. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We don't use Twitter as much as we probably should, but you are more than welcome to go follow us over there as well. Just the Big Red Express, if you are listening to this via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, thank you. Do us a favor, give it a share, give us a listen, and let us know what we're doing. And if you're enjoying what we're doing, that's all we ask for is that feedback over on Facebook, Instagram, anywhere that you connect with us. Please give us your feedback and let us know how we can help you make the listening experience that much better. So we're getting into a sanctional period where 
right around this time, we would kind of have a sanctional or a partnered event. The, the Dubai Fitness Classic would be kind of in the works. It happens normally in December. I don't believe that's happening now. And again, that's really a big, big determination of what does this mean for the future of CrossFit Games events? And I think it really comes down to what does Dave Castro, what does Eric Rosa, what does, what does the CrossFit organization want to do in terms of making these events either better run, make them more accessible to people that are outside the country, and not only that, but the events that are outside the country, spreading them out so everybody has a chance to compete in them. I think that's one, been one of the biggest issues in years past, at least the last couple of years, with sanctional events is there are a lot of people that say, oh, North America gets over 50% of the sanctional events throughout the year. That's not very fair to, to me in Europe who only has a handful of events or South Africa or Australia or Asia. And these are athletes and these are competitors that should have an equal opportunity to compete at a high level. And now that it seems like national champions are going to kind of be un that's not going to be a thing anymore in terms of an invite to the CrossFit Games. If sanctionals are indeed an invite to the CrossFit Games, and again, we don't know. I don't. I think that 2021 is going to look a lot more like 2020 than we think. I know everybody's excited um, about a vaccine possibility happening. They are looking forward to seeing what is coming up in the coming weeks, in the coming months. But honestly, I don't believe this is going to be gone anytime soon. And even if we do have a vaccine, I don't know how comfortable people in other countries will feel about sending other athletes to America, to other countries to travel. And that's, I think, going to be a thing that's long you know, a long time coming. That's that's going to be something that we don't figure out for a long time. And whether you believe this is a big deal or not, it affects a lot of things. And you may be thinking to yourself, hey, it's not a big deal that the, the, they only allowed five people at the CrossFit Games, at the in-person CrossFit Games. Yes, I understand there was a Stage 1 and Stage 2. And Stage 1 people did get payouts and all of that nature. And I know there was a big issue, and I heard a lot of people either on Reddit or on Twitter or on social media saying, these are athletes, you know, completely competing for hundreds of thousands of dollars for tens of thousands of dollars. I've lost my job this year. I haven't been able to pay for my kids tuition. I haven't been able to pay for a meal on the table every single day. And yes, everybody has struggled one way or the other. I don't care if you've lost your, or I do care, obviously if you've lost your job, but everybody is struggling, including CrossFit athletes. And I want that to be a, a very, poignant point when it comes to these sanctionals are a way for these athletes to make money. A lot of these athletes have have gone through school or not gone through school. They have committed their entire lives to training. They have become professional athletes. The only way they get paid is at sanctional events. The only way they get paid is through sponsors and it's through competition and if they don't qualify for certain competitions, if they don't place well at certain competitions, then you know what? They don't get paid. 
and taking sanctionals or partnered events away from these athletes is a big deal. Dubai was one of the biggest, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the second largest money-making machine for an athlete, aside from the CrossFit Games, and that speaks volumes. And yes, they have a lot of money in Dubai. They've decided to put on an event, and they pay out a lot of money for athletes to go. They put them up, they enjoy themselves, and you know what? They compete for a lot of money. Unfortunately, you may think that, oh, the top five are, you know, Matt Frazier just won $500,000 or $350,000. You may think, oh, yeah, that's a lot of money, but, and, and I'm not saying that it's not because it is. $500,000 puts you in another tax bracket. It puts you in a whole new, and, and Tia Claire Toomey and Matt Frazier and those guys that are in the top five are probably not hurting for money. But other athletes that did not qualify for the top five, other athletes that missed out narrowly <laughs> to even get into the qualifying stages of the CrossFit Games Part 1, lost out on a lot of money. They have contracts that they have to say, hey, if you're competing, we'll keep you on. But the moment you don't qualify for something, then that's where we kind of have to shine away. And that's a scary thing for an athlete. I think anybody, any professional athlete, you could say, hey, most athletes and most people that aren't at the top of their sport, that have committed their entire lives to coaching, to competing, a lot of CrossFit gyms and CrossFit affiliates this year took a hit. Whether it be with, you know, de-affiliating and not having anything and not trying to get that support from CrossFit after the whole Greg Glassman thing, or whether it's been that their states have mandated that they shut their gyms down and they haven't been able to get memberships and they have, they've had to freeze membership fees and they haven't been able to get a lot of these athletes own gyms or are a part of gyms and they haven't been able to do what they normally do. And that's just everybody this year. Unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast in 2020. We've talked about it. But the severity of not having you know, sanctioned events moving forward is, okay, well, how are these athletes going to get a legitimate shot of qualifying for the CrossFit Games? Is it going to be at sanctional events? Are they going to move sanctional events online? And we've seen that type of thing works, but there's also a lot of flaws to that very system. We've seen it in the open. It happens at least three or four times in every single open. There's always some sort of controversy with an athlete that nobody's ever heard of or even an athlete that we have heard of. And it really depends on how you see things. If you look at it through an athlete perspective, a, hey, this is my living. I have to make money by even if they are they're the 20th fittest person in the world. Think about this. If they go to four or five sanctionals in place of the top three or place on the podium or top five or whatever, that could be enough to last them throughout the entire rest of the year, even if they don't qualify for the CrossFit Games. The, the small percentage of people that compete in the open that actually do this for a living is very small. And it's the athletes that continually make it to the CrossFit Games, continually do this. But if they don't have sanctional events, a lot of them, hey, they have to, they may have to figure out what to do with, hey, how the heck can I make any other money? Because I can promise you there's probably not a lot of money in the CrossFit affiliation gym ownership realm of things. 
I don't know specifically, but I know a lot of the money that they get taken in that gets taken in uh, from a member. And you may think that CrossFit's super expensive, but you got to think about the equipment. You got to think about the coaching, the amount, and that's a, a an argument for a different day. And once we get more and more people, you know, and we talked about this with guests on the podcast. But getting more and more people comfortable with kind of that one-on-one time, and that's what they're going to have to do. It really just depends on, hey, they're putting a lot of money into the space. They're putting a lot of money back into the membership and back into the members because, again, you may not realize this, but running across, running any business is not a small task. And unless you're like a super gym like NorCal or or Invictus or one of these gyms that has hundreds or even tens of 20s of 30s affiliates worldwide, a lot of these gym owners are not making a dime. If they are making a dime, it's very little. It's of what they're just coaching. And you may be thinking, okay, we just talked about this. Oh, they're they're fine. I pay $130 a month, $200, depending where you live is depending on the price range. But you pay $150 a month for a CrossFit membership. I better be getting the best opportunity for that now. With that all that all that being said, I think it's so important to figure out <laughs> what happens with the sanctionals moving forward because if you don't have sanctionals you're going and i hope that this again i hope the coronavirus i hope we're back to normal by next year at some point i don't know exactly when but i hope we are this is me being a selfish person that wants to see family that wants to see friends that i haven't seen some of my best friends in like six or seven months and it's been hard to not really have much social interaction with other people except my wife and some of our family members. And I love my wife. This is our this is our first year of marriage and it, I can't even imagine going through this. Well actually I can because I went through it. But going forward you got to think about the athletes as a whole and athletes that depend on CrossFit, depend on these sanctional events. I don't know if it's it's justifiable to run these sanctional events in person. I know there's some on the slate and on the docket for 2021, but unfortunately, I don't know if it's it's the correct thing to do to have them in person. I think there's a way to do it online. I'm sure if there are, you know, different ways that CrossFit can can make sure everything's validated to the nth degree. Um, but again, Even with that happening, we see it every year with the Open. I'm sure we're going to see it for all time. As long as the Open is online, there's always going to be a possibility of forgery. There's also always going to be a possibility of fraudulence. And unfortunately, that's just what happens when it's a digital world and, and editing and things like that can be done so swiftly. On that note, I'm excited. I'm nervous to see what Eric Rosa comes up with, what Dave Castro comes up with. The Open is in February. It starts in February. It's going to be, it's crazy to think that a year and a half ago or a year ago, we would have already been done with the Open. And then we would have had a full length of sanctional events and then the CrossFit Games. And then we would have been starting it all over again. And who knows? Who knows if this was the plan the entire time to move the Open back to February? I don't know. Obviously, I don't think a lot of people know. 
And even if they do, they may not want to admit that this was the plan all along because nobody liked the October Open. I think a lot of people had a problem with that. But I think it's the smart thing to do since they had to push up the CrossFit games a little bit, give you a little bit more time to recover those games athletes before kind of jumping right into it. But I would be okay if things went back to normal or things went back to they were a few years ago. And I'm talking a new format system of the Open, Regionals, and then the CrossFit Games. Again, I understand it's difficult in the times that we are in. And hopefully things are going to be back to normal down the road and we can have some semblance of order and some semblance of CrossFit competitions in person. But until that happens, until people feel comfortable either traveling across the country, traveling internationally, I don't believe that's going to be a viable option anytime soon. That's all I got for you this week, guys. Don't forget Friday, a new episode of Sports Talk, talking all about the New York Giants. They are three wins and seven losses, but they are close to the top of their division in the NFC East. We're going to be talking about that and so much more on Friday. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope this brings you joy. I hope I've brought you a little bit of entertainment over the last 17, 18 minutes. Until next week, we will talk to you then. Have a safe and and great holiday. Enjoy it. Listen to Christmas music all you want all weekend long. Let me know over on social media what your favorite Christmas movie is to watch. Social media, whatever the case is, we want to interact with you. Thanks so much for everything, and we'll talk to you later.